0: Welcome to Expanded Universe, Season 6, Episode 9. I hope. Sweet dreams are made of Dazeem. The book, Planet of Twilight, by Barbara Hambly. The year, 1997. Chapter 17 and 18, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Drink me to My jerk-off motion is one of the endless. I mean, or, you know, you can just cover R2-D2 in flesh. (laughs) Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast featuring your hosts, Jeff and John. I'm Jeff, that's John. John, say hello to the nice people. Hello, nice people. That was really good, thank you. Let's just go ahead and move along. Let's keep the smoothness. Ooh, so smooth like a peanut butter. Mm-hmm, like, like a bad peanut butter. Like a like a non-chunked up peanut butter. Like the not like the best peanut butter at all. The kind that has chunks. Ooh, I don't know, man. I like both. Oh, you're kind of a bi peanut butter person. Yeah, I mean, I like different peanut butters depending on what it's going into. Your is butter the thing. What you what, what I'm hearing here is that you're butter curious, <laughs> but or butt curious for short. Is that is, is that accurate would you say that you're butt curious regarding that you'd like to eat peanut butter? Well, both I mean if you of- if you really want to say it's peanut butter curious so you would really shorten it to pea butt curious. So would you say John that you're pea butt curious? Oh yeah. I mean obviously. I feel like a pea butt's a power up you got in old Mario games. I don't I don't know what I got it is. What pea butt? <laughs> Um, that's that's my new term for diarrhea. I'm sorry. I got the pee butt. I got the pee butt real bad. Do you want me to go into further detail or can I stay home from work today? I would love to. Use, if I had a real job, that would be an excuse I would try tomorrow. But, <laughs> hey, guys, can't come in today. I got that pee butt. Please do ask further questions. Please ask me to elaborate. <laughs> There's so many things it could be. So uh this is going to be chapter 17 and 18 of Planet of Twilight the Barbara Hambly book that uh everyone loves to hate loving <laughs> it is i would say probably the slowest book we've done i mean i think it beats out uh planet of or not planet the crystal, uh, crystal star. star crystal star for least amount of stuff happening i mean there was also a lot of that in, in uh, Courtship courtship princess leia where they would just be what's going on we're still wandering through the jungle but well, at least then the characters were together. That's true. That's true. You got me there. And, and They were together, but a lot of them were super dialed out. Like Chewbacca would just be like, eh. I mean, Chewbacca is that way in this I know. Book. Chewbacca's barely in this. There's a point in these chapters where he is only described once during the whole two chapters, and it's as a tree covered in moss. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thanks. Good. What a mm-hmm. way to describe no. your, your good friend. No one liked writing Chewbacca. No, everyone was like, ugh, I don't want to write Chewbacca. Ugh. Yeah. But then, I i mean, I know I've read books where he is a serious major contributor. I, uh, Timothy Zahn liked to write about Chewbacca uh, and liked to write about Wookiee culture. Uh, and then Wookiee the, art. The, yeah, yeah. And during the Black Fleet crisis, uh, Chewbacca's nephew wanted to prove himself a man, so he became part of an assault team against the Yavithans. Uh, which led Chewbacca to get involved heavily because he didn't want his nephew to get murdered. Mm. Uh, So there's a lot of Chewbacca stuff in there. Yeah. So we got T- Timothy Zahn likes Chewbacca. Michael P. Coop McDowell likes Chewbacca. Brian Daly likes Chewbacca. And I like Chewbacca. I can name so many Chewbacca authors. <laughs> I love Chewbacca. He's a great character. He's a good dude and a great guy. Yeah, for sure. Completely. I would invite him to my barbecue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, here, welcome to the barbecue. We got Ham on tap. Yeah, we got... <laughs> For everyone else, there's burgers. For you, I've taken part of the patio and ringed it with dangle danglehams. <laughs> uh, so, these chapters open with uh, Leia. Leia, we just finished off with her having a long conversation with Callista uh, at the end of chapter uh, 15. I, I, no, I'm sorry, 16. Yeah, they're both still up in the, uh, the the gun tower. One of those automated gun emplacements where they were having a long conversation about life and love and... <laughs> why why it's important why i gotta break up with your man why you can't be with your man because your man's too good for you yeah that she's a she's a hard farting woman who can't who ain't no good for her man Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah I ain't good for you you gotta go down your own path of righteousness while i go down the path of hard shooting hard drinking and hard farting <laughs> I'm gonna move on down to uh, Reno and get me a pinky ring. <laughs> That's that is Callista's plan. Callista's future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she actually gets murdered by Abeloth. But no, uh, I mean, I mean, for now, she's gonna move to Reno and just permanently plant her ass on a, uh, a a digital slot machine. Hell yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, the two of them are still having their long, boring conversation when all of a sudden a huge force storm appears. Yeah. So. Because last chapter ended with Luke going up the stairs and just being like, well, fuck it, it's force o'clock. Yeah, these bugs are too bad for me. I gotta do some forcing. Yeah, so now we're getting the aftermath of that as the sort of force shockwaves slam into this... Outpost. Yeah, it's described as like sort of a grenade launcher comes rolling up to the side of the, the, the tower that they're on, like the castle, and just starts wanging itself against the wall as hard as it can. Yeah, it's, it basically looks like some invisible giant just starts wanging a grenade launcher against the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. Eventually bending the, uh, the barrel of it to the point where it's at a 90 degree angle. Then it gets even worse as all of a sudden the force sets off all of the ammo pouches and... And uh, slow timer bombs and and fuel pouches on on, uh, flamethrowers and what have you. Oh, yeah. Everyone just starts chucking weapons over the edge. Because they're about to blow up. So they have a couple seconds to chuck all these weapons off the edges of this, you know, gun tower before they explode. And they're all, like, exploding halfway down the tower. Yeah. And, you know, Leia gets kind of fucked up because there's a huge windstorm. So a bunch of rocks, like, slash at her face. And then some razor wire hits her in the back Mm -hmm. and cuts her real deep. So... She's just getting messed up by this force storm. We've been having a bad couple of days, but at least <laughs> things are finally happening in the book. A huge four storm is attacking. Uh, there's a person that they describe, they, they give the name Bay to. Uh, yeah, he's the speaker. He's the speaker. Speaker he, is Bay. Speaker Bay. Uh, it's B-E with an accent uh, on it. It's B. It's B. It's, it's Queen B. It's, it's B on site. It's B. It's Queen B. Uh, so so Speaker B is uh, kind of guiding. He did, He doesn't get any lines or anything. But he's kind of guiding all these old-timers out of the building uh, because they have some horse equivalents down at the bottom of the get- of the tower, and they can try and ride them to safety. Yeah, they got them Koopas. They got them Koopas. They got them Koopas. So if they're going to get on them and become a Koopa Troop and-, and try and ride that Koopa Troopa to safety. They got that Koop Troop. Yeah. And they'll always be together. <laughs> well, yeah, they're the best of friends. <laughs> Forever. I no, Okay, so this is actually a pretty cool scene. uh all of them have to jump off and rappel down the side of this gun tower by, like, wire that they've they've thrown over the side. And Leia's doing it, and she can't see the bottom or the top because of the maelstrom of Force Storm that's happening. But there's boulders slamming into the walls on either side of her. And because she is Force-sensitive, I assume, and no one else is really getting this, she can actually kind of hear the intentions behind the Force Storm. So she can kind of hear, like... It calling her name because Luke was calling her name as he was going up through there. Yeah, so the the storm cries Leia, which is oh, we should have called this episode the Wind oh, Cries Leia. Oh. Shoot, it's it's uh, it's not too late. I can always change it if I want oh, to. No, I don't oh, want no. to though. I'm fine with what we called it. <laughs> but the Wind Cries Leia would have been a good. I, no one's going to get that. Is the problem? Uh, I mean, people would get it. Yeah, some people would get it. A few big musical fans would get it. <laughs> but the but uh, that's not even a good musical. <laughs> no, but the. The other thing is she also gets just, like, a a huge sense of dread out Mm -hmm. of it, and I'm not sure if that's because Luke was all scared and fucked up when he was using the Force, or if it's just... If you use the force and it goes along the planet, like you just, it makes you feel dread and. Well, I mean, let's be let's be honest here, John. Uh, Luke may be a blithering idiot, but we're not. We know that the planet's alive at this yeah. point. That there's live crystals. The crystals are intelligent in in, in some fashion, uh, they, and they're mad because their their brother crystals are being taken off planet to be made into droids. Like we know that because it's obvious. Huh. It's been made super obvious to it. Even though, even though Luke keeps Luke's so dumb he hasn't even figured out that Seti Ashgat is his own dad yet. <laughs> He's just hes just completely a blithering dummy this entire book. But we know. So that dread might be coming from the crystals. Yeah, I don't know if it's amplified by him or the crystals are all sad because for some reason people using the Force fucks them up. No idea. But she feels this, like, overwhelming dread. Yeah, like she's listening to a Morrissey song. <laughs> Uh, she's got this overwhelming dread, like someone just went, hey, let me put on some of my music. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and she was originally at a party when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> you guys mind if I change the stereo around a little? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Actually, I know-
0: brought my mixtape. If you guys want to listen, I think it's real fire. Well, I'm feeling a small sense of dread, but I think I can deal with this. Hey, guys, you mind if I turn off that music? I brought a guitar. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh Oh, this is setting off all my warning flags. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so much a guitar as a ukulele. Oh, jeez! <laughs> I've adapted the entire self-titled Sublime album to ukulele. Here, here we go. <laughs> I ain't got no Santeria. <laughs> I mean, honestly, a bluegrass version of Santeria would be pretty great. I'm I mean, not. If I'm you not going to lie. A like a sweet banjo version of that, I'd be okay with it. I mean, the thing is, I don't think I don't trust a random weirdo at a party to be able to pull that off. No. Like, if you told me the Sog- Soggy Bottom Boys did a cover of Santeria, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, let's 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 hear that shit. That sounds rad. Pour that right into my ears. Yeah, but not some dude at a party. Some dude at a party is going to be like, hey, guys, do you like the first four chords off of uh, Legend? Because that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> so, anyway, that's dread. That's true dread. Anyone touching the music at a party. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they eventually managed to make their way somehow down this horrifying gun emplacement. Notably, it's mentioned that the Force Storm doesn't work like a real storm, so the wind happens whether they're in canyons or not. Yeah, like, they start riding off on these Koopas through a canyon, and it doesn't matter. Like, the the sides of the canyon aren't shielding anything because this isn't, like, wind. It's crazy Force energy. Yeah, so it's super dangerous for a long time. Uh, and, And they ride off basically into the night. We don't really know where they go yet because this is a big, long chapter with lots of Leia segments in it. Yeah. Meanwhile... Luke is still forced pushing his way up the stairs. Yeah, and then he gets to the top. He finally gets to that yeah uh, that. that room with like the light fountain or whatever in it. Yeah, the that creepy top room, the creepy sculpture room that we, we Leia was in the one time. Yeah, it's the uh the little antechamber to the fuck up starca- well, it's staircase. Well, staircase. Yeah, there's a fucked up super staircase down to the garage. This is basically the room where the laundry machines would be. Huh. I would assume they'd be in the garage. <laughs> Who wants to walk down 300 meters of stairs with a laundry basket? Uh, a droid does. A <laughs> well, synth droid, yeah, I guess. Yeah, John, did you know that synth droids are super important and can definitely carry your laundry down 300,000 flights of stairs? Also, they can do it without a verbo brain. All you need is... Oh my god, nah. to- shut <laughs> up. Isn't that what's also in this room, is the control thingy for the, the, the brain? No, that was in uh, Ash. That's right, that was in room. This room was just the light sculpture. Yeah, and... Legaeus getting straight at by bugs. Yeah, the Drox are having their way with him. They're they're digging into his skin and eating him, and then bigger Drox are plucking little Drox off of him, and they're eating the little Drox. Yeah, and Luke sees this and is like, what the fuck? Legaius is barely alive. Like, he's he's not even really trying to get up anymore, but he is kind of weakly trying to slap these things away. And... Luke finally is like, I don't know what to do, but Legas is like, Oh no, Leia! And he's like, Oh, okay, you you actually want to help Leia? Okay, ah, well, my mother is also named Leia. Why did you say that name? <laughs> I just love that he's like, Well, I'm a <laughs> I'm a good guy, but I'm gonna let you get eaten by bugs unless you say something cool about my sister. <laughs> hey, say nice things about my sister. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he manages to be like, all right, I'm going to, like, blast some drocks away from you, but then, ooh, baby, it's Dazim O'Clock. Yeah, so he blasts a few of the bugs away, but he's managing to hide mostly in the shadows because we get to watch a whole conversation between Dazim and Legaeus, where Dazim doesn't know that Luke is in here. Yeah, and Dazim's just kind of like, hey, you bugs, stop eating that guy, and they ah. kind of, like, back up a little. Ah, shoo, shoo You can tell he kind of has control, but not total control over these bugs. And it's because that... Weird eye drock is here. Yeah, described in this chapter as being carciniferous shaped, <laughs> I, which I mean, I guess that's that means he's shaped like cancer, and that's a crab. And sure, why not? Eh. Maybe that's maybe that's like Petrachean means frog, maybe carciniferous or whatever it is means means crab. I, maybe, I, yeah. Anyway, he certainly isn't just crab shaped. No, certainly not. Yeah, uh, but but he's uh, he's in there with his weird eye and his mouth pinchered mouths and what have you, kind of directing all these lesser drocks, this little little fat one. Yeah, and so even though he's telling these lesser drocks to like get away from him, they barely move when he commands them. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I see. I'm fighting for dominance with this dumb asshole. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, he doesn't even really pay any attention to him at first because he really wants it to torment Legaeus, So he puts his foot on Legaeus's back and he's like, hey Ligaeus, who told you to stay out of this room? <laughs> Uh, I told you the boundaries of Seti Ashgad's house, remember? I didn't tell you to go in here, and now look, you're all fucked up, but it's your fault. What a big dummy you are. Yeah. Uh, he's basically mad at him for letting Leia go, uh, which, you know, completely mm-hmm. fair. They, he thinks he thinks Legaus let Leia go, which he totally did. I mean, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's enjoying being a mean piece of shit monster. But he does grab hold of the... Uh, the little crab thing. Yeah, in the middle of all of his threats to Legaius. Because he... he's like, look, I've been trying to find you for a while now, you little wily bastard. Yeah. You got too big for your britches. Yeah, so he catches the little crabbo and eats it. Like, first he eats it by taking his glove off and revealing that his hand is made of mouths. Yeah, he's got some real nasty nonsense going on there. Yeah, he's got a goopy mouth hand, uh, which he puts on the, on the crab and just starts sucking all of its life out of it. And going, ooh. Ooh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's such good brown life. Papa like. Mm-hmm. And then he actually starts just biting into it and like, yeah. So he eats the crab monster and then eventually just drops its useless husk on the ground. He's like, here you go, shitty little drox. Finish yeah. that off for me. Yeah, enjoy this thing. I have eaten its life energy. So delicious. So pure. <laughs> then he starts doing the same shit to Legaeus. Yeah, he like, starts going up and he's like, all right, time to fuck your shit up. This is weird because this is a point where all of a sudden the word certain shows up a bunch of times because he gets over there and starts using like needle fingers and stuff to poke Legius. In certain areas of the body, regarded to have a, a healing and metaphysical properties. Oh, yeah. According, right in uh, these electrocentric areas. According to certain ancient texts. Ugh. As if, like, she's afraid to just say chiropractic or, or. It's going down the chakras. Yeah, going down the chakras or whatever. So it's just. But couldn't come up with a space word. So she just went, like, a certain sort of healing text <laughs> that Luke is familiar with. Probably. Why not? Probably. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then the same thing, literally, the next paragraph with. Oh, he's vaguely eating them like a certain type of animal. I'm Luke is aware of, <laughs> like a certain type of animal. You could just make up another one. You keep making up animals in these in these chats. You don't and, care. You keep making things that will never appear again. Yeah, no one knows what a blurred or a Koopa or a pit, or a pitten is. So you keep, but you keep mentioning them. Yeah, that's the worst one of these is is uh, a Drock gets uh, starts to become sentient when it's about the same size as a pitten. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. That's so useful for us, the reader. What's, uh, is a pitten like a a measurement of money that's given to a uh, like a like a Dickensian orphan? Yes. Yeah. You get one pitten per day of, of begging. <laughs> and now I've got pittens. I've got pittens. I have enough for pittens. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I guess you're supposed to assume it's kitten sized because it rhymes. Ah. Anyway, Legaeus messes with, uh, or he, sorry, Dazim messes with Legaeus for a while, and he's getting ready to kind of kill him when Luke gets has basically had enough. And uses the force to blast his aim against a wall. Yeah. Now, Luke is at this point pretty weak still, having had a lot of his life energy sucked out by the Drox in the stairway. Mm-hmm. So he is not at full fuck you Jedi strength. Yeah. Because they have to do to him what they do to, you know, like Barry Allen anytime he needs to do anything. is like, ah, oh, we can't let you have all your powers or else you just win. So we got to find some way to depower you. Yeah. Yeah. So. He uses the force to fire Dazim against a wall. Just uses a big old force push on him, but Dazim just rotates in the air and lands on his hands and feet, like he's just real fast and buggy. So he's he's a, he's a little skitter man. And not only does he rotate in the air and last a, last, or land on his hands and feet and skitter, but also he shoots a force blast back at Luke. Yeah, it's less like controlled. He not It's clear he doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah, it's it's more like an instinctual, mm-hmm. like uh, you hurt me and now I'm just lashing out. Yeah. But he apparently has a little bit of Force energy in him, probably because his bugginess has eaten some Force dudes. Yeah. I mean, he's probably sucked some of the energy from Luke out of the big guy who was sucking it out of the little guys. Yeah. So he's probably got a little bit of Luke power up in him. Probably a little Leia power, too, because there were Drox in her bed. Yeah. So, and definitely some Teselda power (laughs) and Beldorion power. Yeah. So he's got lots of Jedis all up in. But it's still fairly weak, but... Because Luke is all fucked up, it doesn't matter how like untrained weak the force blast from Dazim is, he still gets like hit up against the wall just' because he can't fucking deal with that, yep, uh but Dazim is having none of this shit and just scatters out of the room. He's like, all right, peace out. I'm gonna let all the fucking little bugs in here kill you, yeah, he doesn't really want to get engaged uh he's he's yeah, still, he's, he's still he's looking. a player, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not a player, he just crushes a lot, yeah, yeah, he's still crushing. Uh, but Luke basically talks to Legas a little bit, who ba- more or less is just sort of grovelly apologizing. Oh, fuck, Leia. No, my shit. It's all my fault. <laughs> yeah, ba- basically... During the interview that, uh, or the torture session that Dazim is inflicting on him, he's like, "No, you have to leave me alive. the 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 big ship isn't yet programmed to go anywhere. Oh, it's not done yet. Turns I out I don't know why Legaeus has turned into an old man now. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that he's been eating Drock's just like everyone else on planet, and that he's being denied them now because nah. this chapter makes him look a lot weaker than everyone else. Well, he's been. Almost murdered by Drox and Dazeem. I, fair enough, fair enough. I'm just saying that the reverse double vampirism thing doesn't seem to have given him that, that slick black hair that everyone else seems to get. Well, I don't think he's part of it. Oh, he's not part I of it. I think Ashgad only hired him recently. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He, the, the, the ship is, this is him talking to Luke. The ship is actually ready, so he'll Stop figure that me. out. Yeah, Dazim they they mentioned this, they really want to hammer this home. Dazim doesn't think like peoples, so he can't like fly a spaceship. Yeah. Like he he's not gonna be someone who gets to go in there and be like, oh well, I'll just beepity boop and turn this spaceship on. Yeah. He needs he needs the spaceship programmed to go to a place for him. Uh but Luke basically shoulders Legaus and drags him out of the building. And he's gotta go back down the fucked up staircase. Which probably isn't as bad now that the leader Drock is dead. Yeah. But he's still just full force blasting everything out of his way. Yeah, so he basically doesn't even waste time, just walks in there and starts murdering everyone with a force. And he, He's even thinking to himself, like, ah, oh, jeez, I am gonna. already set one guy on fire and lost some other dude the use of his legs by doing any force work on this planet at all. So I'm the worst. Man, I wonder if it's worth it for me to save my life if it means it might hurt other people. And then he just kind of goes... Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because I haven't found Callista yet, so. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, at this point, we jump back to Leia. Uh, Leia and Callista and the Koopas have found their way back to uh, a safe haven, which is basically a big geode full of amethyst that's stuck halfway up a rock wall. Yeah. So it's like a big enough geode that it's a cave made of big purple amethyst sticks, and that they they set up camp in there. Yeah. And... At some point, Callista explains the drox to Leia. That's this part. That, that's her, this part is her just giving a long rendi- rundown on what drox do, and then ending with a big reveal that's super important. Yeah. Uh, she's like, okay, so here, let me just give you a rundown on Drox. So Drox are a bug that's from another planet, but the Grismaths, which were like the people who originally owned this planet, put them here because they can carry the Death Seed Plague, and that way they could send their political dissidents here into exile, technically, but really they were waiting for all their, their political dissidents to die of the plague. Uh, but what they didn't know, the Grismaths, is that the planet's crystals radiate sunlight in such a way that it creates special magic radiation that melts the Drox. Yeah, so if sunlight gets, like, filtered through the crystals, then that prismatic array of whatever makes it so that Drox can't siphon energy, because what they are, are little energy vampires, mm-hmm. so they can't siphon energy, and if they're large, and if they're small, it'll just outright kill them. Yes, and Drox are energy vampires that have kind of a modular life structure to them where they get bigger, and they can eat the energy that littler Drox have eaten by eating those littler Drox and can even, for larger ones, get it at range. Also, they're sentient. Even the little tiny ones are some kind of sentient. Some kind of sentient. They, they, they have a vague concept of sentience. Uh, so this is, we're getting all this big explanation about how they work. And the way they work is they burrow into you, they make you lethargic, they steal their, your life energy, and they add it to the Drock Collective, the biomass, if you will. These really are just crappy Tyranids. Well, the the big thing with that is it explains the one thing with as far as him getting all like orgasmy on the ship at the beginning of the book, because he can actually drain the energy that other drocks are draining at a distance. Yeah, he can do it remotely, which is which is unique. No other Drox is doing that. Uh, also, they are the Death Seed Plague. They yeah. are. They are. They. They just are the Death Seed Plague. It's Drox getting into you and killing you. Yeah, it's not that they carry it. It's that when they burrow into you and begin sucking your life force away, that's what people believe is the death seed plague now they don't but they don't explain how you can't find them with scans given that they're bugs that are in you yeah they do
1: they Um, say that dissolve
0: they when they burrow into you they basically become a part of you Mm -hmm. so even though they're a weird outside force they like as they're sucking your energy out become a part of you oh it's fair enough it doesn't explain how that Contributes extra biomass to the dro- the drock collective because unless I guess are more drops supposed to come along afterwards and eat your corpse? Is that how that works? Well, no. I mean, the it's not like the, the only the, one that can do the ra- the at range energy suck is is no. Dazeem. It said that powerful ones would be able to do that. Oh, so all not right. just dazeem. Okay, but also you. I imagine they don't die in doing this because the so they can come back out of being a part of you. Yeah. Well, they basically like for all intents and purposes, become genetically like you while they're draining, but then they can leave because I think uh, we get the explanation of the only reason that the, uh, the ones dissolve in you is because the daylight has weakened them such that they can still burrow into you and sort of become part of you, but they've lost all of their ability to suck energy. So since they don't have that, they just dissipate. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. But the thing is when they crawl into you, they leave red, painful welts and that that are itchy. And I'm wondering how this death seed plague works with uh, people going, Hey, uh, just so you know, I got a bunch of weird leg welts, like bugs bit me. (laughs) Uh, I guess, I guess the death seed plague is microscopic drox, And that, that's just something that we don't really see mentioned all that often. Uh, Anyhow, at the end, they they get briefly into a conversation about Dazim, where they're like, "So Dazim is one of these things," and and she's like, "Yes, actually, that's the weird thing about Dazim. He's not just a Drock. He's a two hundred and fifty year old mutated, uh, super intelligent Drock." Yeah. End of sub chapter. Oh my god, he's a teenage mutant ninja Drock. Yeah. So now we have our answer. He isn't a regular Drock. He's a boosted super mutant. Uh, okay. At this point, we jump back to Luke, and Luke gets. Almost the exact same thing mm-hmm. from Legaia. They leave in Seti's limo speeder. Yeah, he steals the Mobcat chariot, which has gotten so many descriptions at this point. Yeah, and at one point they say it even kind of looks like the death, like or not like a death star, star destroyer, like a star destroyer, which is crazy. I would love to see that, <laughs> dude. I would love to have just like. A little cart that I could drive around that looks like a mm-hmm. uh, Star Destroyer. That'd be yeah. great. I mean, there there is that one vehicular combat Star Wars game that exists. I don't remember if a Star Destroyer was in it, but I think it might be. Hmm. Uh, but like a little super deformed Star Destroyer that you could drive around. Yeah. But how great would that be is like a, like a Burning Man art car. Ah. It's just straight up a Star Destroyer like made out of an old school bus. And then you just run around throwing, like, little TIE Fighters at people. Yeah, TIE Fighters and red, and, and uh, green energy bolts for turbo lasers. <laughs> just pillows. <laughs> but uh, at one point, while they're driving, mm-hmm. basically both of them, Legea says, are dying of the Death Seed Plague. Like, they are getting the life force sucked out of them because they still have drops that have burrowed into them. Mm-hmm. Like, he managed to blast some away while he was going up, but there's still some in them draining their life force and he's like look we're gonna die in a little bit and the only thing that gets rid of it outside of sunlight is electricity channeled through these crystals so the electric like uh those currents the waves that go by that they've seen yeah the lightning waves that that uh aren't necessarily the four storms but are close that they said are like, oh yeah, those are naturally occurring and those can fuck up the bugs. Yeah, so Luke takes apart the Mobcat chariot, which, by the way, this, a lot of this chap, this subchapter is about Luke's mechanical affinity. Where, yeah. like, first he has to get the, the chariot working, and he's like, well, no problem. I'll just hotwire it. I didn't spend the first 25 years of my life learning how to uh, everything there is to know about mechanics. Why, Han once said that I could steal an Imperio ter- uh, Torpedo Turbo boat if all I had was one of Princess Leia's hairpins. And I was like, oh, with the wordiness, guys. <laughs> with, the, with, with the wordiness. Learn to compact the cool statements about each other. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke takes apart. The uh, mostly the energy core. And he just like takes pretty much uh, like two little electrodes and puts them on either side of some crystals. Mm -hmm. And they lie in between it. And this like mild electrical field is on them. And he has one of those metal emergency blankets that's part of the kit, too. Yeah. So they're just lying under a blanket in between these crystals feeling slightly electrified. (laughs) Yeah. They're getting very mildly zappoed. Basically some E-Stim. I mean, they say that you can't even see any electros, like there's a little sparks, but the electricity isn't like, oh yeah, we're getting electrocuted. It's no. just sort of energy humming in the air. But it's going to keep them alive for the most part. And then he gets the same lecture on what Drox are and do, uh, but with a fleshed out explanation for what Dazim is, which is just great. Yeah, because he was like, all right, let me give you the same information that Leia just got. And I know that... This is for the reader, you already know all of this, but I'm gonna keep doing it for some reason. Now for the Encyclopedia Brown connection of small facts that we've given you elsewhere in the book to to reveal a hilarious detail. I do love in this, though, that Luke has not figured out that Seti Ashgad is the same SETI Ashgad from before. Yeah. Cause Legeus tells him, like, Oh yeah, you know, Dazim was here and uh he managed to like suck all the force power out of Beldorion and to Zelda, and that's how Seti Ashgad managed to come to power. Yep. And he was like, Oh, that must be why Seti Ashgad built his manor out in the middle of nowhere to try to keep his son safe. And I'm like, Oh my god, you big dumb idiot. Put it together, especially because this is the point where he's explaining uh specifically to powers versus the Drox. Because the Drox in general can just sort of murder you with the yeah, death. They seat. just suck energy out. But That's Diz- all they do. But dazim 's mutation allows him to give power back. He can he can consolidate power from the drox that have eaten off a lot of other people and then feed it into a, a person to give them strength and vitality. We already know that because we saw Seti Ashgad drink some dazim juice. Yeah. And uh ch- some, some sweet, tasty dazim chest waters <laughs> uh and and get all young and, and vital again. Uh, but that's Dazim's ability. Is he has double reverse super vampirism, where he can suck life out of one person and pump it into someone else through his holes. Yep. Um, that's that's why Beldorion is so big. Uh, and it's probably why Sel Zelda's still kicking around at all, even though she's super crazy. Hmm. Um, because she definitely is on the outs with Dazim at this point. Well, yeah, she's not anywhere near them. Yeah. Uh, but here's the important and most fun detail of all. Uh, Dazeem isn't just a Drak that got big. He's a Drak that got big because of that Kubaz chef that Beldorion had, who spent all of his time experimenting on bugs. Yeah, it's not just that, you know, like the crab one we saw, there is a point where if you wait long enough and it manages to survive long enough, one of these Drak's will turn into a Dazeem. No, Dazeem is very special in that... <sighs> this fucking Kubaz decided to go in and genetically alter and, like... Super hormone juice up one of these drocks, mm-hmm. and then it just sort of went. I'm a dude now. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. This guy literally is a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Yeah, I mean, he got was, oozed up. Yeah, he got he he experienced the secret of the ooze. But for a while, it was safe because he was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> They're just babies. Uh, the <laughs> I like that when dazim gets to the point where he's like oh yeah i'm a sentient weird being thing now then he got the chef under his control yeah he he immediately started controlling the chef with his double reverse vampirism and then moved from the chef to beldorion and from, from once beldorion was basically under his sway he ate all of beldorion's force abilities and probably to Seldas, and set the two against each other in petty squabbles and then he just waited and when Steady ashgad showed up he was like Hey, would you like to be in power guy who might have a spaceship for me someday? Yeah, cuz the big thing he wants is sort of the same thing that uh the Night Witches wanted, which was just to get off planet. And in in his case, the Night Witches wanted to get off planet because they were they were unfairly held there. He wants to get off planet cuz he wants to death seed the universe. Oh yeah. He's like, "You know what makes me get a huge bug boner mm-hmm. is draining the life force out of things." Yeah. And he thinks that there's no limit to what he controls. Yeah, but it's so, already clearly not the case, because literally in the same house as him, there are Dazeem, or there are new uh, Drox running wild. Well, I mean, there's one that's evolved enough that he can't quite control it. Yeah, and he lives in the same building. I mean, it, once he gets planetary level control, you don't think a few of them are going to start developing on other planets? Oh, I'm, I'm currently on the planet Sullusti- Sullust eating all these Sullustans. I sure hope none of the Drox on Tatooine get all fucking huge. Yeah, but that's his thing. He thinks he can control them galaxy wide. So yeah. he's like, "Oh, it doesn't matter where my drox go. I'll just be able to siphon the energy out of them." I really love the story of how this dude because it puts it all together. I mean, I like this that that uh, Beldorian spends all his time eating like basketball sized fleas or whatever because he's a gross monster. But it turns out that that's why Dazim is what he is. Yeah, the <laughs> pretty great. The entire like thrust of this uh, book. All of the antagonistic stuff, everything that goes wrong is because some hut wanted a big fat bug. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what A giant hut wanted a big bug, and he doomed everybody forever. Yep. Now, the uh, one of the things that we didn't know from before was that the leaders of the old-timers that are here... Mm-hmm. Even if they didn't know exactly what was going on with the DROX, they knew that they couldn't let them leave. And so that's why the old timers are adamant that there's no trade. No large ships can go down. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets to leave planet because they just are instinctually terrified That these drocs will get out into the universe. And that's why the gun emplacements are where they are. To keep any ship large enough to have shielding that would keep a drock alive uh, from getting off planet. Because only the planet is keeping the drocs in check. Yeah. Uh, Any other planet won't have this plant's unique radiation signature. Yeah, because of the crystals, they can be in check here. But if they go to, like, anything else, they're like, oh, okay, great. I don't care anymore. Yeah. So this is all very horrifying. But meanwhile... Uh, three PO and R two were mailed to Abu Dhabi. Oh my God! This aside with the droids is it's at one time horrifying and it also is, yeah, just it's goof them up. It starts with being like whap 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 droids, and then ends up being like oh shit, this is fucked up. Yeah, so they've finally managed to make it to the planet Side Block Twelve. Because Yarbolkiem, our uh, Chadrafan reporter friend, figured out the only way you can get them anywhere without any random passing sapient person stealing them is to put them in a box and mail them there. Yeah, that's it. Apparently, if you can see the droid, it's your property. But if it's in a box, you got to leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah, so he mails them to Cyblock 12, but once they get to Cyblock 12, when they're mailed to... uh, Lando, for some reason. Yeah. Uh, that w- When they get to Block 12, no one opens up the box with them in it for, like, a long time. So, eventually, R2 fiddles with the box and get its pop- gets it popped open. Gets it poppin', baby. Gets it poppin'. He sets it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> R2 just sort party of... in that box. Zaps open his box and then finds three POs and is like, hey, hey, come on out. And then, as soon as they get out, two dudes bust into the room and are like, ha-ha, it's time to raid these things and let's get whatever's in here so the two dudes who bust in are wearing e-suits uh we don't know what those are yet I they're think electronic a, suits are they electronic or the environment suits <laughs> They're environment because everyone <laughs> is there's like no power nothing is going on in this station mm-hmm. and i think it's on a moon it's not on an actual planet so it's not like full of atmosphere or anything. It's, it's not a good place to be. No, it's it's just sort of an outpost on a moon somewhere. Yeah. So a Rodian and an unidentified person in uh, environmental like hazmat suits come bursting in, and they start looting. They're just running around looting all the boxes. Well, I'll get this, and yeah. I can rip a panel off of that thing. Yeah. Oh, grab that, because we'll be able to... Like, one of them's just full of finance data chips, and they're just like, we'll wipe the data chips and sell them for the chip value. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're like, reading this, and of course... At this point, the initial reaction is, oh, good, they're going to get stolen again by someone. Oh, Hooray <laughs> for, like, the 12th time. These droids are going to get stolen. Yeah. But instead, two droids that aren't them show up in the doorway and murder these guys <laughs> and then continue on looting. Yeah, the droids also loot. I was kind of hoping that the droids would murder them and be like, welcome to Cyblock 12, where the droids have taken over. We're tired of being stolen. <laughs> <laughs> now it's our turn to steal from them. <laughs> so two security droids pop up. They're just they would have been the Cyblock 12 security droids for uh the the rebel base and they would they normally would be programmed to stun looters, but instead they plug them full of holes and drop their bodies and then steal their e-suits right off them. Yeah, and, and throw everything onto like the cart that they were using mm-hmm. and leave with it. Yep. So, it's Loot Planet. Something's gone horribly wrong. There's no light, there's no electricity, and everyone's looting and hiding in e-suits. Uh, 3PO and R2 go wandering out into the street to try and get a sense of what's going on, and it's just dark loot planet. There's random people in e-suits running around, stealing stuff from whatever's not la- nailed down. Mostly there are just bodies everywhere. Everything's covered in bodies. The Death Seed got here, basically. Yeah, and, you know, uh, 3PO is saying, like, this is messed up because... It's not like these people were shot or anything. It doesn't even look like there was a struggle. He just goes, man, it looks like everyone just lied down and then died, Mm -hmm. which they did. And I'm like, man, that's real fucked up. Just walking around in this, like, decaying, disgusting, body-ridden, like, it's good that they are droids because this place has got to smell. I mean, to be fair, 3PO starts by describing the smell. The WPO's way about describing the smell. So I, I we, We've seen his head in bisection before in, in various books. We know he has a smell thing built into his stuff. Yeah, but they're droids. He's like, oh, I chemically process what the smell is, but it's not like, yeah, you don't oh, no, this is stinky. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I also like his little description of having to burst out of the box where he was being packed heavily in goat grass and polystyrene beads. <laughs> Good. He's like all full of little plastic beads now. Yeah. Like the ocean. And he's he's got that uh, that fake grass that comes in Easter baskets. <laughs> That's what goat grass is. Yep. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows. Everybody knows it's true. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, so two of them are just wandering Plague Plant. They see a group of four looters just trying to pry signs and shit off the walls. And all of a sudden, one of the four of them gets visibly sick. And yeah. starts clawing at his faceplate and stuff. And-, and the other three talk to each other, and they just run away from him. Yeah. And they... Just watch as this guy, like, goes to his knees, falls down, and then slowly the light on his e-suit goes from, like, green to yellow to red, and he is dead. hmm And you're like, man, this is fucked up. So apparently a Drock managed to get into his e-suit. Yeah. You really need them suits. Yeah, man. I mean, if if one managed to burrow through the suit into him, then you're fucked. Yeah. So at this point, the two droids decide to run and hide. And the, where they where they go to is like the control room for the Cyblock re- Rebellion, I guess, uh, Republic uh, uh, mail room. So they, they go and find their way into some sort of radio control tower. Yeah. Uh, where they send a message. They send out an SOS. To the world. To, yeah. Uh, they put a message in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing is R2... Basically, like, putting together scraps that haven't been looted to make this work. Because, of course, this place has been looted. So, like, all the important bits and control panels and whatnot were taken away. So he has to rebuild Mm -hmm. an actual uh, way to communicate with people. Yeah, he used to build a working radio. And 3PO laments that it will barely get off planet. And it's a super narrow focused beam. And all it can say is the word help and then he's like, but just to be sure, I put help in six million languages. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure you shouldn't put more, you know, maybe choose some of those languages to discard? Yeah. Maybe just go with like a couple of the big ones yeah. and make it be help We're droids or something. We're on side block 12. It's a plague planet. Don't come here unless you're like droids or in e-suits, but please do send droids here to rescue us. That would be very nice. Thank you. Also, I didn't send this out in Ewok so I could have a few extra words. <laughs> I wasn't worried that Ewoks might try to rescue us. No, because I mean, if Ewoks came here, mm-hmm. they would just begin to weaponize drops. Yeah, they'd weaponize drops. <laughs> well, that would be the most horrifying thing that could happen. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, that happens. That and that ends our that ends chapter seventeen, which is a very busy chapter. Yeah, we get a lot of explanation, but at least we do get forward movement as well a bit. I mean, it's a cool scene with Luke. Sort of fighting off things, going through these stairs, we've got the... Leia's escape from the gun emplacement is cool, too. Yeah, we've got a a force storm going on, but this is the kind of shit that should have been happening 150 pages earlier. Yeah. So that we could set up what everything is and what the stakes are, so that when you start to resolve it, you're like, oh, cool, now we can see how all these pieces come together, but... We've got like 70 pages left. Well, yeah, basically there are four, after chapter 18 comes and goes, there are four remaining chapters of this book, which means they're going to have to really wrap it up hard. Yeah, in four chapters, they have to get everyone together, figure out a way to stop the spread of a Death Seed plague, mm-hmm. uh, have still- Luke meet Callista or not. All the bad guys are still kicking around. Oh yeah, I forgot. Is this in the, this one or the next one where Legaeus is like... Hey, quit trying to fuck Callista. It's in this one. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the, the next one is Luke having the horrifying dream in Chapter 18. Oh. Uh, in Chapter 17, it's just Legas being like, hey, man, I used to chase around a girl, and it was a bad idea. Let hey, man, t- I, I loved her, and I loved her more than anything, and she loved me, but she had her own path she needed to travel, and the best thing you can do for someone you love is to let them go. And it, I think that the part I took away from it more than anything was the part where he was like, oh, I used to love a girl. God, she was young, just just a girl, really. (laughs) I was like, ooh, I really hope that you were also just a boy at that point, because otherwise... Yeah, please tell me at the time you were still just a small-town boy. Yeah, because the way you were describing her is oh, so young, basically just a girl. I'm like, I hope you weren't like 30 at the time, because that would be real (laughs) fucked up. I was 53. I'm Legaius. Hello. I've always been old. I'm in charge of this Girl Scout troop. Don't be surprised if I fall in love with you. Ugh. Yeah, I, I didn't need that description. It would have been better if he had just been like, she was my age. <laughs> or, you know, nothing. That yeah, would have been fine, too. That would have also been fine. It just turns out that he happened to have an extremely similar experience to Luke's. Where he dated some girl, then that girl was like, "I need to walk a weird path by myself and and he was like, well. "I couldn't give her the things that she needed yeah. for her fulfillment, but so then I followed her around, and all it did was hurt her, so I learned to knock it off yeah, I, Luke, I, I was I was so conceited that I thought I was the only person who could fulfill her life and give her what she needed and then Luke. I realized maybe that's not true and i should keep doing that luke, luke. <laughs> <laughs> and luke's response is oh no my situation is totally different she completely needs me yeah i love <laughs> that's the one thing where i'm like okay but that's actually accurate where someone's like hey i've had a similar experience to yours in a relationship and what you're doing is stupid and bad and you're like yeah, but we love each other, so fuck you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, that happens a lot. I've seen that. That's why you don't give people that particular kind of advice. I've been on both ends of that (laughs) advice. I know. His response of just like, huh, that was a really interesting story, Legayus. I feel like it might apply to my situation if it wasn't for true love. Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that we are deeply, truly in love, and I am the only one that can fulfill her in life. I'm not sure what was wrong with your bullshit ass, where clearly you were not the right person for her. I get that. I might have been also the right person for her, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, send her
0: my way buddy oh luke <laughs> luke is just such a dumb shit in these uh okay so yeah that happened in this chapter uh meanwhile in chapter 18 we begin with han uh it in some senate or no sorry some republic station getting yelled at by a straight up comp yeah could you imagine a more boring thing I love I'm that gonna... he starts getting cowed by a comptroller. At least it wasn't like an alderman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, how you doing, Han? I need you to shut up and relax. Oh, me? I'm the town dog catcher. <laughs> yes, it's an elected position. I pull down a government salary, I does. Now, uh, since I'm the only elected official still alive, it's me. I'm the mayor now. <laughs> but I mostly catch dogs. Mostly. I've caught you, Chewbacca. <laughs> Just a little net over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Still <laughs> dialed out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this comptroller person—he—he's in there being like, "What do you mean you haven't heard from Cyblock 12? Yeah, I've got to—I got to get a message out because I just managed to escape from a fucking invading force. Mm-hmm. I need to get the information out to Cyblock Twelve because it's the nearest Republic outpost. Yeah, they need to is, know what's coming. He is presently on the planet Exodo Two. Uh, and he's just being bullied by this comptroller lady who's just sort of very competent and doesn't give a shit about any of his issues. Yeah, she's like, look, I don't give a fuck about you or anything else. Yeah, Right now, everyone is dying of the plague. I don't really need to give you extra ships to go help with something because fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's basically trying to badger her into helping figure out what's going on at Psyblock at 12. Like, how come no messages have come through? Uh, what's the nearest ship? Let's get a ship out there. Let's send something to do something and talk to someone about something and figure this nonsense out. Um, let me tell you the story of my escape. Only Lando, Lando's a terrible shot. So I had him fly the Falcon, and Chewie and I used our guns on the Falcon to shoot down TIE fighters because they were chasing us. Because as you recall, the last time we saw Han... Well, yeah, the, the invading force had shown up. Yeah, the invading force showed up and sent a couple of TIE fighters out to murder him because uh, it's just some Corellian freighter who gives a shit. And uh, they managed to escape into what I assume is everywhere in the Star Wars universe, which is just a conveniently located super trap. Uh, yes, yeah, there was uh, another asteroid cloud, uh, which, you know, that's not that rare. There's but two it's not a- even like an asteroid cloud. It's an ice cloud or something yeah, where there's... True. A bunch of... It's the one from Star Tours, obviously. There's a bunch of ice m- moons in there? They're like, oh yeah, there's like lighter-than-air ice structures that are big as moons, and they're all rising up out of a gas that you can't see until it's too late. Yeah, it's a and super... And none dang- of that makes sense to me. It's a super dangerous spot with a nebula that farts ice moons, uh, and they have to fly through that uh by the by the skin of their teeth damn it but but it's he's him telling the story so you know the uh the tension's not really there yeah so uh yeah will they make it says the guy who's telling the story of the thing they did <laughs> uh but the controller is unimpressed she's busy not dying of the plague yeah that's great anyway again everyone on here is quarantined and is just sitting in quarters or uh, in their ships, quarantined with the doors locked. Mm-hmm. Nobody is allowed to do anything because the Death Seed, since it's shown up once before ever, everyone's like, oh yeah, this is the worst, deadliest thing that could happen. It's a planet killer. No one's going to move. Yeah. Nobody is allowed to do shit. Yeah. So anyway, Han more or less kind of packs up Lando and Chewie and you know fucks off. He's that, like, all right, you guys, here's the new plan. Yeah. And they're like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Can't we just write off your wife? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's pretty much what's going on with Han. He is just stymied at every turn. Or stimmied? I don't know. Do stymied. He, stymied? Okay, yeah. good. But St- he's, Stimmied sounds way worse anyway. He's, 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 I'm all stimmied. I'm all, hi, I'm Stimmy Jones. <laughs> I, I've had too much caffeine and I'm stimmied. <laughs> so that's the end of the Han section. He, once again, is doing nothing and just sort of... Poking at this problem from the outside. Yeah, but he's got he's got a new thing where he's like, "All right, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go, fucking go over there, and who gives a shit? Fuck it. I think he's going to head to Cyblock Twelve. Yeah. I mean, I can't figure out what Cyblock Twelve is relevance is, except that the droids are there. But sure, why not? Well, it's supposed to be the closest, the outpost that has the most ships there. Yeah. But he does not know that everyone there has either left or is dead. Yeah. Anyway, now it's time for Luke and Legaeus to continue having a long conversation. Yeah. So they've managed to wake up. It's I think it's the next day, and they've made it through the night. No, man, they're, they're still under the still electricity, electricity nonsense. She's, they're still under the electricity tent, and Luke is lulled off to sleep uh, because Legaeus has long ago passed out. Yeah. Uh, so the two of them are just lying there, and Luke falls asleep, and Luke has a dream. Uh, he oh, Also... Before he falls asleep, it has a dream. He starts getting force messages from the planet again. And the the force, he starts hearing the the, the voices of of the stones on the planet who are kind of like, hey, look at all these little people that run around on us and live their lives in a blink of our eyes. And they're all looking for water and shelter, and we don't even know what that shit's about. We're just sort of sitting here, eternal, you know, like using the force to communicate with each other. Definitely sort of have a big obvious crystals on the planet exterior kind of way of seeing life <laughs> only a total dumbass wouldn't have picked this up from context clues by now and luke sits there going but who are you what could you be i don't see you is Beldorion doing this where what is happening is this a pigeon <laughs> oh god i mean it's one thing when he was first getting the messages to be like, oh, is there some weird force user out here? What's going on? But by this point, the crystals are basically telling him, hey, hey, we're crystals. Yeah. Hey, we're not people. We're crystals. Hey. And he's like, so you're people that people named crystal. Because <laughs> I'm looking for a person named Callisto. Is that is that uh-huh. am, I, am I close? No. Oh, my God. You no. Picked... Okay, hold on. Let okay. me give you a dream. Okay. So they send him to sleep, and they give him a dream. And in this dream, he is back at home on the planet Tatooine. Uh, he, and and uh, he's looking at his Aunt Baru's house when suddenly stormtroopers come marching out of the house with a Jawa. They've captured a little Jawa, and they're holding it up by its little shoulder pads. And a third stormtrooper walks up to the Jawa and uses a big drill to drill its face out. Just drills the top of its head out and... Mm-hmm. Puts a different brain in there. Grabs a brain out of like a convenient jar labeled brains with the S backwards. It just sort of stuffs it into the Jawa's uh, face hole and then takes that Jawa with its brain stuff uh, and walks it over to an empty shell of stormtrooper armor and loads it in there. And then the shell of stormtrooper armor comes to life and is a stormtrooper. Yeah. Just like salutes and walks off. Yes. And then they start doing it again. And Luke spends his time going, this dream has to be a message of some kind. What am I being told? Also, also, man, Aunt Maru would be so pissed off that these Jawas were in her house. What's up with all these Jawas in her house? I definitely picked up the wrong message. Jawas are too short to ride Stormtrooper armor. Uh, None of this makes any kind of sense. Luke, you dumb I th- motherfucker. I think I'll spend ten minutes thinking about the Jedi I knew back on my Jedi planet instead of this. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the obvious message is that the the, uh, crystals are trying to tell him what's happening to them. Yeah, they're like, look, people are picking us up, blasting our consciousness out, and forcing us to be the consciousness for these synth droids droids." and the fighter ships. So we are just... Essentially being brainwashed and hollowed out and put into other things. This is the message, Luke. You were already shown that people are zapping these crystals and they turn into a different thing. And when that crystal got zapped, you got a, uh, like backlash of horrible energy from the Force. Luke, hey, Luke, <laughs> are you Beldorion? Fuck, why are you the only Force user on this planet? Are you Seti Ashgad's son? You have to tell me if you are. <laughs> are you <a> cop? <laughs> he just refuses to get it. He just angrily refuses to get it. Yeah, I mean, at least Leia in this book will figure things out by herself. Yeah. Whereas Luke literally has to be told anything for him to understand twice he has to be told twice Ugh. now he when he wakes up from the dream he has no idea what's going on but he spends some time thinking about like his students on the planet yeah he's like well you know if i die here if this doesn't work and yeah. the death seed planet takes me at least i won't be the last jedi roll credits cuz it's time for me to uh it's time for me to list some of the students from my planet. Oh, think of Kip Duran, so full of energy. He briefly turned to the dark side, but now he's stronger in the light than ever. Or Teon Solusar, so dedicated to the ways of music. Or Dorsk One. <laughs> he's such an important friend. He's gone on to the other side already, though. Which, to me, meant like, he's turned and he's evil. But I remember Dorsk One's story, and he's dead. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I assumed to the other side meant, oh, he's dead. Uh, see, which I, is I, I why see, I was like, why are you mentioning him if you're trying to think of living people that will be able to keep the Jedi tradition alive. I See, I thought it meant that he was a Sith, because other side and side was capitalized. I thought it was like, he went to the other side, you know? Because he had friends on the other side. You know. He went to the other side. He's batting for the other team now. Yeah, exactly. He, he started dating Dorsk 82s. Uh, so anyway, I think that's all he lists this time of the Jedi. Oh, no, wait. He's like, and there's even new students coming to the planet. Like, a Bith of all things oh my god a bith as a jedi what? i mostly deal in things that i could potentially have sex with but this weird little testicle with a butthole mouth makes no it's it's crazy what a crazy mixed up world we live in maybe someday a big crystal rock would be a jedi uh, oh, i can't imagine nuts. that situation <laughs> nah, that had never happened. <laughs> it's impossible for rocks to have force powers. Ugh. Anyway, doot, doot, do. Yeah, so they are still just waiting for daylight underneath the electro zappers. Nothing important is happening. Meanwhile, to end off chapter 18, we're going to check in with Leia again. She also has not left where she was at the, the last chapter. She's hanging out in the amethyst half geode, uh, and she is thinking about Luke and thinking about Callista, and then she gets lulled to sleep by the the warmth of the crystals beneath her, and she has her own annoying dream. (laughs) In her dream, uh, she is walking down a long hallway to a place she recognizes. Oh my gosh, this is Palpatine's room from his old Senate chambers. Yeah, this is Palpatine's chambers, and And there's someone on the throne. There's a throne there. But as she gets closer to the throne, she sees another person sitting at the feet of the throne, but not on the throne. And it's a younger brunette woman. And she's wearing a golden silk bikini. And she's got a chain around her neck. And she's crying to herself. And, oh, my God, it's just Leia from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's just bikini Leia. And (laughs) she has a memory of... Bail Organa, the first time she ever met Palpatine, being like, yo, he pumps his chamber full of chemicals that make you feel afraid. Oh, yeah. It was like fear chemicals and unguents and holofractine gas or something. Yeah. He's like, look, you're going to feel afraid and that's fine because that's just chemicals. Just know that this isn't real fear. Yeah. Because fear is a little death. <laughs> yeah. It's the mind killer. Uh, but anyway. Um... Young Atreides. <laughs> put your hand in the box. <laughs> Well, no, it's fine, because you don't shoot with your hand. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm sorry. Uh, So... When she gets close enough to the throne to see who's sitting on it, it's an imperious Leia. A Leia Palpatine. Yeah. She's, got but like, she's super sexy. She's ultra sexy. And she's like five years older than Leia is right now. And she's six foot. And all of the crow's feet and everything are gone. And her mm-hmm. hair's looking super fly. And she's like, her what eyes am- are shining. For some reason, Mon Mothma gets name dropped in the description well, of yeah. how hot she is. Because she's like, ooh, she's got that regal bearing that I always wish I had like Mon Mothma does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, uh, like this, this sexy prince, super emperor Leia comes out and is like, draw your lightsaber and give it to one of us. You have to do it. You have to do it. And the wretch Leia, the one that's like the slave bikini is like, just, she never says anything. A blue, blue, blue. blue. She's so, yeah, she's crying so hard. She's at the blue, blue stage. (laughs) You have to choose one of us and you have to give your lightsaber to one of us. Give it to me. Yeah. Do it. Now, we never quite get an explanation of what they represent or anything here.
1: Well, yeah, because
0: it's... they represent her having to choose between the dark side and the being wim- The shitty. wimpy side? Well, basically, in this her like... mind, it's either give in to the dark side or have no power at all. She's yeah. basically not considering the light side as an option for some reason. She's been split into her two natural halves. Her evil half <laughs> and her, <laughs> her apathetic, apathetic half. half. <laughs> uh. So she watches the two of them kind of draw close to her because, of course, the the chain that, that's around uh, Slave Leia is being pulled by the Empress Leia. So the two of them are drawing near on her the in this throne room being like, you have to give us your lightsaber. One of us gets your lightsaber. Give it to me. And, you know, Leia's going, all right, I can't give it to sexy evil me. But if I give it to shitty weepy me, then evil me is just going to take it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So she's like, neither of you get this lightsaber. It's mine to do with as I choose. And then she turns around and walks out. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. We don't see her wake up or nothing. No, but I feel like at least this is probably also a dream from the gems. Oh, you think the crystal gems are getting up in her brain? They're, I think they're like, hey, hey, uh, we see you're having a crisis of uh, faith about using the force. Hmm? You should, You should use the force and... And remember, you can you can do your own thing because you're not quite as much of an idiot as your brother. Oh my God, please, please tell him that we're crystals and we're alive. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, the crystal gems. I love that show, <laughs> Steven Universe. Yay! They're like, oh, uh, oh, god damn she's, it! I really wish Chewbacca was here. <laughs> Uh, Chewbacca would get it. He'd land and they would just go like crystals. <laughs> hey, Chewbacca, we're rocks. And he'd be like, up to speed. Got it. I got it. Hey everyone. It turns out these crystals are alive and they use the force and they don't want to get turned into weird, like, brain replacements for droids. And everyone would go, What is that dog shouting about? <laughs> that's right, Chewbacca. Harn harn harn. Oh uh, yeah, that's right, Chewbacca. We'll get you a sandwich. <laughs> No, Chewbacca, it's not dinner time. You got to wait till five. Go on the ship if you want to go to the bathroom, mister. (laughs) Uh, Poor Chewbacca. So sad. Uh, Well, there you go. That's the end of chapter 18. So that's what we're up to. It's nothing but dream sequences and droids getting mailed Abu Dhabi for a while. Yeah. And these weren't. Uninteresting chapters. Just like I said, this should have been 150 pages ago. Yeah. People in the, people in our Discord have been talking about how that's because uh, the publishers at the time wouldn't let anyone move the needle. Uh, so you had to have a lot of... You had to be, release a 300-page book, but it couldn't really go anywhere, because going anywhere was against the rules of the Expanded, expanded <laughs> Universe, so <laughs> most of them were full of just boring wheel-spinning with, like, four chapters of shit happening at the end. Ugh. But only most of them. I've I've already picked our next book because I'm not a complete sadist, and it's going to be way more interesting. But I do feel like you could have written this book not in this shitty of a way and still had the same plot. Mm -hmm. But if your pacing and what you focused on and how you brought people together was different, you could have turned this into an interesting story because the idea of, a weird mutant bug that controls a space disease and psychic crystals trying to fight against it. Like, this is a cool idea. Yeah. And it's just ruined. Yeah, yeah, by by just casual wheel spinning and having two characters whose job it is to figure out the same thing as the other one every chapter. Yeah, the fact that you have to have that happen and then occasionally check in with the droids while they also figure something else out that we already know. Yeah, it's just kind of long. It's just kind of long. Yeah. So there you have it. That's this chapter. We'll see it in a week for chapters 19 and 20. And once again, this book ends at 22. So we're in the home stretch. There's yep. only two episodes left of this thing. We are bearing down on the end of this. And still, I have no idea how they're going to resolve this. I mean, I, like I said in the last episode, I have a dim memory of reading this that Leia and Beldorion throw down. How that happens, I have no clue. Yeah, but... That doesn't resolve anything. Well, it ends one problem that there's way too big of a hut on the planet. <laughs> I mean, he's just way too big of a hut. I was promised a little hut. This, this is, is way too big of a hut. <laughs> this is a terrible planet. <laughs> and it kind of is. Uh, well, so anyway, we'll see you in a week with more of this. But in the meantime, why don't you check out our bonus content. Why don't you? And learn more about Star Wars through Wikipedia, which you don't even have to go to because we'll do it for you. And yeah. that's what that bonus content is. You're going to learn about Star Wars. Through the lens of Wikipedia, through the lens of us, yeah, we'll go so you don't have to. Now to get that that bonus content, you're going to get like third hand information about Star Wars, and there's so many episodes of it already. There's so much there that the moment you start giving us two bucks per episode, you get so much of a backlog. It'll keep you busy forever. It's great. Yeah, that's two bucks per episode of System Mastery, which means it usually adds up to about four dollars a month. 4 bucks a month unlocks episode- weekly bonus content for Star Wars, bi-weekly content for System Mastery, and at $5, there's yet another super podcast you can unlock. So we got lots of bonus content to get, and uh, all you have to do to get that is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. Fuck yeah! And of course, you can find us everywhere on social media. You can find us on... Twitter and Facebook and Gmail. We're all System Mastery everywhere. And we got, got our own fancy Discord. Yeah, you can go to our uh, main page on Twitter. We've got a pinned tweet with the link for our Discord. we got rad people in there having rad discussions about stuff. Go there. And if you're a patron, you get access to sweet, cool Discord channels. Yeah, you get extra channels and magic colors that let everyone know you're better than everyone else. Hell yeah. Although we strongly discourage that kind of uh, culture from forming. Yes yeah so, so, just so you know, just so you know, but you are better yeah yeah that that, that, that is true, strongly discourage, strongly discourage, you are way better mm-hmm. you're our favorites, you 're our favorites, and until such time as you 're not i 've been elensley 's bagiano, and I dream of death sticks.